Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Had a buddy of mine, you know, and I, and I didn't meet him until I started preaching, but he started coming to Cowboy Church, and, and like a lot of people that kind of, they rediscovered what they loved. You know, they kind of made a got out of it, kind of had a, had a, a horse when they were growing up and stuff, and so that's kind of the way this guy was, and and he he come to church a little while later, and he's like, hey, guess what, man? I bought two horses. It's like, oh, that's good. What kind of horses? I don't know. They're just, you know, guy had some for sale, so we bought them, and I was like, okay, that's good, you know. Started wearing a cowboy hat again, and you know, all of his kids started wearing cowboy hats again. And when I say kids, they they were they were grown people. I mean, he was a granddad by this time, and so anyway. I don't remember how much longer it was after that, but one day he come and he was just kind of shaking his head. I was like, hey, man, what's wrong? He said, man, my, my son got pretty tore up yesterday. Like, well, what happened? He's like, uh, he, he come off, his, off one of those horses I bought. He said, well, you know, we got on and he started going just fine. And then, and then the horse took off and was going to run him under a mulberry tree. Now, if you don't know what a mulberry tree, we've got them all down in Texas. They're kind of a smooth a uh, barked tree that has these long, they got some big leaves on them, and, and, and all their branches start about where, you know, a horse can go right under, but a rider can't. You know, it's kind of a mulberry tree. And he goes, and this horse started heading for a mulberry tree, and about 10 feet from the tree, my son had to bail off, or he's going to, you know, get clotheslined. I said, my gosh, is he okay? He's like, well, you know, when he bailed off, he hit on his shoulder real hard, and, uh, you know, got a kind of a big old knot on his head, and he pretty banged up. I was like, man, Lyle, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And I said, well, what happened? You know, did his saddle okay? Oh, yeah, he just stood there to, for a saddling and, you know, we kind of led him around and everything was good and tightened the cinch up. And he's like, well, did you tighten the back cinch up too tight? And he's like, well, what's a back cinch? And, well, let's just move on from that. What happened after that? He said, well, my son got on and, you know, he kind of kind of took off and walked around, and then that, that horse started heading for the tree. And I was like, did he just flat run off? Did he buck or anything? He goes, oh, no, he was just walking. I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought you said the horse run off. And it's like, well, he didn't really run off. He was just walking towards the tree. And I said, so let me get this straight, okay? Your son gets on in his boots and his cowboy hat, and the horse starts walking towards a tree, and 10 feet from the tree, he bails off <laughs> at a dead walk. He said, yep, that's pretty much how it happened. I said, why didn't he just get off? He goes, I don't know. It was happening too fast. And I was like, okay, okay. Uh, we, what you need to do is bring you and your family out to the ranch, and we need to have a few lessons or something, or, or take the horses to the sale, <laughs> or find another owner or something, you know. But, you know, there's a lot more to riding a horse than buying one, putting it in your backyard, and putting a pair of boots on and a cowboy hat and getting on. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot more to riding a horse than just looking like a cowboy. Because, you know, one thing that I've figured out really, really early in life is that riding a horse will, uh, how do I say this, expose your weaknesses very early. Just come watch me ride. My weaknesses are apparent, you know. Uh, but riding a horse will expose your weaknesses. And, you know, you, you won't be able 
to fake it very long. I mean, I, I've been around people that, you know, they stuff their pants in their boots and, and, you know, they put their cowboy hats on, they got their big dip of Copenhagen and they're bow-legged and, yeah, I'm a cowboy and everything, and then you see them get on a horse and you're like, okay, uh, <sighs> you can't fake it very well, okay? You can fake it till you start riding, but things become pretty apparent once you get on of what type of experience somebody has. Something else that you can't fake is character, not for very long. You can't fake your character very long. I mean, you, the, them old fellows might, might look the part, they might even talk the part, they might even dress the part. But whenever it comes down to the nut cutting, you get exposed pre, pretty, pretty regularly. Okay? Using your spiritual gift will require a great deal of character. And your character is going to consist of two things. If you're going to use your spiritual gift, if you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and you believe that God sent His one and only Son to save you, and you are dependent upon the Holy Spirit, then you have a spiritual gift. You may not realize what it is right now, but that gift is for you to use in service of others. It's to go out and tell people the good news of Jesus Christ, that they can get to heaven. And it's nothing that they do on their own. It's a, it's a free gift of God for those that give their lives to God, and that's what we are supposed to use with our spiritual gift. But you know what? This gift that we have been given, a lot of times people take advantage of it. They start using it for their own personal gain. But if you're going to be part of the Magnificent Seven, if you're going to make a difference, not only in other people's lives, but in your own life, you are going to have to have a high, high degree of character. And that's going to consist of two things. And the first thing is you're going to have to be authentic. You're going to have to be authentic. So you, you can't be a pretender and make a difference, okay? You, you can't be a pretender because you can, you, can, you can talk and you can dress and you can say and you can all of this stuff. But if you are just pretending, man, you're going to get about 10 feet from that first action and you're going to bail off at a dead walk. You have, you, there's no way that you can pretend. You have to be authentic. And when I say authentic, I'm not saying that you have to be some top hand. You know what? A lot of people ask me a lot of questions about God. And you know what I answer about, I'd say about eh, five out of eight times? Man, I don't know. I have to go, I have to go look that up. It's okay if you don't know. But what's bad is whenever people try to be like they, they know everything. Oh, you don't know everything. Be authentic. If you don't know, say, man, I ain't got a clue. I don't know, man. What do you think? Or, or let's go look it up. Or let's, let's, let's call somebody that might know. If you're using your spiritual gift, and I don't care if it's prophecy or serving or giving or leading or whatever, you, are, you can't pretend your way into anything. And you know what? In the cowboy culture, man, in, let me say this. In the Western culture, and y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, you can spot a pretender from a mile off. I cannot, my wife just nearly refuses to watch westerns with me because I'm like, get out of their mouth. Give them some rain. You know, they got them old horses, you know, jacked up like this. And, you know, I'm like, good grief, you're going to pull his bottom jaw off. You got to be authentic. You, know, you can tell right away when them fellas can't ride. The second thing is to be authentic is you got to be able to hold on tight. You got to be able to hold on tight. You, you, you got to be in it for the long haul. Okay, because this ain't going to be no uh, little pony show because, you know, 
Most people, I think, they look at their Christian life, it's kind of like going up to that little place, you know, that, that sells horses and the horses don't know anything but walk nose to tail and they don't know anything else. That ain't Christianity, folks. That ain't Christianity. Because you're going to be sent off over here with some fellas and then you're probably going to have to do your own, your own country over here. Okay? And you're going to have to hold on tight because you never know what's going to happen. The third thing with being authentic, can't be a pretender, right? you got to hold on tight. It ain't a smooth ride. And the third thing is you have to be genuine. You have to be genuine. Okay? You, 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 can't, you can't be a fake. You, one, of the, one of the things that just really, really gets my goat, and, and I've got a little wooden crate at the house that I'm going to paint Kevin's soapbox so that I can up on my soapbox so y'all know whenever I'm getting geared up and getting on my soapbox. One of my soapboxes is Christianese. Is people that talk in Christian. They don't even know what they're saying. They just say in words, right? They just, well, we just bless you for traveling mercies and we just sanctify the Holy Spirit that He will guide and lead you in the direction of, of propitiation. They don't even know what they're talking about. It just sounds churchy. Hey, that ain't genuine, folks. They just love on people. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Quit trying to talk like a Christian. You don't know what you're talking about. Gotta be genuine. And the fourth thing of being authentic. You need to be honorable. I'm getting a little rough now. you got to be honorable. And, and, and to be honorable, man, you have to be worthy of honor. you got to do the right thing no matter if anybody's watching or not. See, when you start following God, man, you, you're going you're gonna to realize that the, that the road gets a little rough because you're going to be put in situations every single day where, where you get to make a choice. Am I going to do what God says or I'm going to file in with the crowd and what they're doing? If you're going to be honorable, you've got to make the right decision each and every day. And I, and I know we're going we to fall down. We're going to stub our toes. And that's okay. I, I'm, I'm not, let's not use that as an excuse, though, to do whatever the heck we want to do. We need to be honorable as Christians and live an honorable... Is that a word? Honorable? Well, it is today. We've got to live an honorable life. You know what I mean, don't you? To be authentic, you can't be a pretender. You've got to hold tight, not bail off at the first time something goes wrong. You've got to be genuine, and you've got to be honorable. And you know, as far as honorable goes, let me say this. You know what the, the best way to be honorable is? Is to honor other people. Quit arguing with everybody. Shut your mouth. Do the right thing. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all, right? But see, I, di I didn't come up with this. I, I didn't just... Let's see, what, what would Kevin do? This isn't what would Kevin do. This is what the good book says. See, in Romans chapter 12, Paul starts off talking about that we need to make ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is our true spiritual act of worship. That if you ain't offering, if you ain't willing to sacrifice yourself, if you're not willing to live for God, you definitely ain't going to die for Him. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. He wants you to go out there and live every single day for Him. And then he talks about the spiritual gifts. Talks about those seven things, those seven spiritual gifts. And, and, and let me say this if, you, if you're not quite sure what your spiritual gift is, go to savethecowboy.com. Okay? Go to savethecowboy.com, and on the left hand side near the top, it says Cowboy Spiritual Gift Test. Take your finger and push that button, or your mouse, or your wife's mouse, or what, I don't know. Click that and take that little test. Now, it's not guaranteed or anything. I mean, Cowboy did it, so it's like 99%. But anyway. Uh, take that test and it'll just, it, it may point you in the right direction. If you're not quite sure what your spiritual gift is, go take that test, okay? 
So he talks about the seven spiritual gifts, and then Paul starts telling us how we can use these spiritual gifts. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, see if any of this sounds familiar. Paul says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. And then he says, hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. And then he says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. See, if you want to you use your spiritual gift, if you want to be one of the Magnificent Seven, if you want to make a difference in your life, in your family's life, in, in, in your church life, in, in your work life, in your kids' lives, in your wife or your husband's life, you have to have a high degree of character. And if you're going to have a high degree of character, you're going to have to be authentic. That dog will growl at you if you ain't. Can't be a pretender. You've got to hold on tight. You've got to be genuine. You've got to be honorable. And the second thing, if you're going to have a high degree of character, you ain't just got to be authentic. Second thing that you've got to do, you've got to be tight with God. You've got to be tight with God. Now, see, I, I, and, I, and I know a lot of us are like, yeah, I, I try to be, I try to have that high degree of character. I don't like fakes either. I don't like counterfeit. I say what I mean and mean what I say, and I do all that. But, but are you tight with God? Because if you're not, man, if you ain't tight with God, man, it's like trying to ride a horse, you know, roping a bull off a loose cinch. Man, you, you may reach out there and, and, and rope it, but if you ain't tightened up, man, you ain't going to get nowhere. The first you come to the first creek you got to cross the first thing you got to rope no matter what happens the first sharp turn that you take if you catch any speed at all man you are going to take a tumble you got to be tight with God how do you do that now now we we could spend the rest of the year talking on how to be tight with God okay but let's just I mean if you need like you know the the, the good book says that that God's word is a light unto my feet and a lamp or a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, back then they just had like these little candles, right? Little genie lamp looking things. It didn't light very far. So if you need, you know, let's just talk about the first five feet. Okay. If you need a direction to go, this is a good place to start. You gotta be tight with God. If you want to be tight with God, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to work hard and serve God enthusiastically. You gotta work hard and serve God enthusiastically. And why does he say enthusiastically? Because you can't do something enthusiastically if you ain't into it. If you don't love God and you don't like what he's doing and, and, and you don't like the mission that he's given you and the gift that he's given you, you're gonna quit. You ain't gonna work hard. As a matter of fact, you ain't gonna do nothing. Man, if you're gonna work hard at something, you love what you do. And if you're tight with God, man, you're on the same mission as he is. And you don't mind doing these things. If you want to be tight with God, you've got to work hard and serve Him enthusiastically. You've got to serve Him intentionally. Because you ain't going to get there by accident. And I was walking along one day and I was a Christian. Didn't even know it. That ain't going to happen. Okay? It's a personal decision. You've got to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've got you to acknowledge that. And then you've got to say, I want to do what you tell me to do, not what I want to do. My life is now your life. My, my life used to be my life, and I was making a wreck of things, but now I want to follow you, God, and I want to work hard and serve you enthusiastically. You want to be tied with God, man, that's numero uno. Second thing is, you've got to be joyful in hope. Isn't that churchy? Let's hold hands. We're going to be joyful in hope. Nobody knows what that means, do they? I had to look it up 14 times, twice this morning and once before this service. Joyful in hope, what does that mean? It means quit complaining. I didn't say you didn't have nothing to complain about. I said quit complaining. 
Because that's all we do. You can't be joyful while you're complaining. Be joyful in your complaining. This doesn't say that. It says be joyful in your hope. Because you know what? Bad times are going to come. But they ain't forever. But you are. You are. Be joyful in hope. I didn't say that everything was going to be fine. I said, man, just know that that bad time ain't going to last. You'd be amazed at how quick that bad time gets over when you've got a positive attitude. I didn't say, you know, go out there and like Abe said, you know, grandma riding Bronx. That ain't what I'm talking about. You know, you can have a positive attitude without being stupid. Okay? You've got to work hard and serve God enthusiastically. You've got to be joyful in hope. You've got to be patient in problems. Well, you're getting a little personal now, ain't you, Paul? I ain't telling them to work hard, serve God enthusiastically, and be joyful in hope. And that sounds real churchy, but really what he means is quit, quit your belly aching. That's one word, by the way, quit your belly aching. Kind of hard. We're going to have a spelling bee afterwards, okay? Quit your belly aching. Starts with a K. And anyway, you've got to be patient in problems, okay? Look, this ride ain't going to be an easy one, okay? If you want an easy ride, cowboys, go get you a stick horse, okay? Hold it by the little rain. Some of them make little clippity clops. That's the only easy ride you're going to have. Because if you're riding for real, you're going to have to be patient in your problems. Okay? Now, patient doesn't mean just sit there and let your problems whoop the snot out of you. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. Really, what I think patient, patience means is avoiding the knee-jerk reaction. We, I mean, it's easy to have knee-jerk reaction, man. Somebody says something you don't like. Somebody cuts you off. lady nearly tried to breed my car. The other day, going to school, she's going to breed that little Christie's Traverse at about 45 miles an hour. I had to do some evasive top gun maneuvers. Stop, talk to me, goose. I blessed her on the way by. <laughs> that wasn't in the notes. Remember that part about keeping your mouth shut? Patient and problems, okay? Avoid that knee-jerk reaction. Avoid blessing them when they go by, okay? Then you've got to be faithful in prayer, okay? You've got to be faithful in prayer. If you ain't praying, you staying, okay? Now, uh, Ty started uh, uh, my wife's mare for us because I wanted a Ty Weber horse, and now I'm going to have a Ty Weber, a fair horse, because Abe's been day working on her, and I uh, went and helped Robert the other day, and I, and I rode this mare, and, and she did pretty good, you know, for the limited amount of rides that she has on her. But one thing about this horse, you got two options when it kind of comes to a colt, when you're riding a colt. You either, you either spend your whole time pulling like this or kicking like this, and she's a peddler. you got to pedal that horse like a, like a tricycle across the pasture. We only rode for about four hours or so, and I felt like I'd been riding for four days. I was sore the next day because, I mean, every step she took, I had to pedal her. And if you stopped pedaling, she'd just kick it a fly. <laughs> I mean, it's like... Really? Robert's riding off and I'm, come on, pony. But, but seriously, if you're not praying, that's what's happening to you. And, and if you look back on your life, you, you may realize some of those times because, man, you were cruising along there for a while and then things started getting kind of hard, kind of getting a little steep, and, 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 you, and you, you, you kind of started complaining a little bit and you started slowing down and then you quit praying and now you're staying. You want to be tight with God. It'll be hard work. You're going to have to do it enthusiastically even when you ain't enthusiastically about it, okay? Because there's going to be those times. That's that choice that we get to make. You're going to have to be enthusiastic. You're going to have to be joyful in hope. You're going to have to be not a complainer. Patient in problems, faithful in prayer. And, and you know, th th this last one here, okay? We're nearly done. I know somebody got to pee. Oh, that's me. Uh, 
I really do. So it's kind of distracting a little bit. Uh, anyway, so so this last one here, you know, Paul's been getting pretty personal. Well, I've been getting kind of personal too, but Paul's pretty personal. Okay, he's telling us that we got to work hard, serve God enthusiastically, and in tongue tied now, and we, and we got to be joyful and hope, patient, prompt, faithful in prayer. And and this last one, you, you you may be going, you know what? I'm I'm pretty good at all those. But this last one, man, it gets a lot of people. It'll reach out and grab you. As a matter of fact, it's it, it's listed in the Bible. Pretty famous deal. If you read just if you know anything about the Bible, you've heard this. There's this fella that comes up to Jesus and says, "Hey, how do I get to heaven?" Jesus says, "Keep all the commandments." He said, "Done. Been doing that since I was a kiddo." Jesus said, "Yeah, but you got one thing left." He said, well, "What's that?" And he goes, "Sell everything you got and give it to the poor and come follow me." Bible says that man walked away sad because he was unwilling to do that. But see, the fifth thing, if you want to be tight with God, you got to share what you got. You got to share what you got. I, I, I didn't, you know, God's probably not calling, you know, you to sell everything you own and give it to the poor, okay? Um, if he does, then you need to do it, okay? But you got to share what you got. And, and, le, and let me tell you how you know the difference because when you start realizing that it ain't yours, that you've been blessed when it's God's, it's easy to give it away when it's God's. It's like I can give away Abe's tack. He's got some real nice stuff. I can give his stuff away real easy. If you're looking for some really nice handmade stuff, come by the house. Not really. I'm not going to give away his stuff. But you know, when you realize that it ain't yours, it's easy to give away. I know people that's got a bunch of stuff that, that, that won't hardly give anything, and I know some people that ain't got nothing, but they're willing to give it all. And I'm not saying that you've got to give it all. But I am saying that if you want to be tight with God, that's part of it. You've got to share what you got. And, and see, just like a while ago, I didn't. I didn't say all this. I didn't just come up with some stuff and, and, and write it down. Because see, in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, the, the very next verse after 10, Paul says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I don't know if y'all have ever heard any of this before. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. When's the last time you invited somebody over that wasn't your buddy or your family to have supper? When's the last time you opened up your home? I ain't saying that you got to do it every single day. But if you want to be tight with God, if, if you kind of need a direction to head, start working on your character. Start working on your character. you got to be authentic. And in order to be authentic, you've got to be tight with God. Using your spiritual gift will require character. And you're going to have to be authentic and be tight with God if you don't you're going to find yourself bailing off at a dead walk. Get all bummed and bruised over really nothing. Speaking of falling off, I was probably about 14 years old, and I had, that means my brother was about 10, because he's about five years younger than me, and not really, he's four. Uh, I was driving a 1973 Lime Green International four-speed pickup. We was deer hunting. You could turn that steering wheel one full revolution and not go anywhere. We had hunting seats in the back, and somebody said, you got to tell people what hunting seats are. They're like a Jeep seat or something that's on a stand that you put in the back of a pickup so you can shoot things. I don't know if it's legal, but we did it. And so anyway, we're hunting out of the hunting seats, and I'm driving, and my dad's back there, and he, he's got his gun, and my little old brother's got his gun. And all of a sudden, I hear on the hood, that means stop, right? And I see this big buck about 150 yards out there. He's heading for the fence line, and we're going down the fence line, and that, that, ain't our, that ain't our land. So I've got the mirror up where I can see Dad, right? I, see, I hear the, and you know, when a deer's about to jump the fence, there's just like this little pause. They go down, they start jumping, and right as that big old buck went down to get his legs underneath him, I heard, 
he hits that deer. But it's not a real, real clean shot because that deer gets up. And my dad, I'm like, okay, we got to go get him. And my dad's yelling, go, go, go. And I mean, I'm grabbing fifth gear in a four-speed international pickup. I'm doing like this to keep it on the road. Well, it's actually just two little tracks. I'm doing like this and doing like this. And he's going, go, go. And I'm gathering speed and I'm gathering speed. Well, when you're watching the buck, there's another thing in Texas that we have called a diversion dike. It's some speed bumps in the pasture that are about this high. And when you are in a jacked-up four-wheel drive 1973 international pickup that goes like this and like this, and your dad's beating on the roof yelling, go, 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 because the deer's getting away, you don't pay attention to that. We hit that thing about 60. Woo! Did I mention that there are not seat belts in a hunting seat? You will have to come back next week to figure out what happens. Let's go to God in prayer. God, today, you've laid out a trail for us to follow. Too often, God, we hear your word, nod in agreement, in principle. And then we just continue on to live our lives in a worldly manner. Help us to become authentic today and not just a Christian that talks churchy, but a Christian that rides honor. Help us to hold tight to you and depend on what you can do, not on what we can accomplish. God, thanks for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to save us. Amen. All right, before y'all run off, don't let me lose your attention. Just, just real quick, in February, we're going to Israel. It's an amazing trip. You need to go. We are going to have a blast. You will laugh your butts off. You will walk your butts off, and you'll even shed some tears while you're there. It is that powerful of a trip. If you want some more information, let me know. It's $3,200. It has to be in by December 15th, okay? Now, I know it's 3200 Talk to your family. Say, don't give me that underwear anymore for Christmas or anything. Just, you know, pitch in. Help me go to Israel. I want you to go with us. It's open to everybody. If you're watching online or on the radio, uh, anybody can go. We want everybody to go. So, please, if you have any questions, come talk to me. And we will see you all at the ranch next week. We love you.